Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 4 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt Jane. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty well. I'm kind of beat today, actually. The kids got up at like, they just woke up at 5.30 and just were awake and so yeah which is like they used to do that periodically um when they were younger and they haven't really done that very much recently like they've been kind of in like a seven o'clock ish zone when they've been waking up and i was not not prepared to wake up at five you were not in that zone (laughs) i was not in that zone and so uh it has been a little bit a little bit of a long day matt but um but aside from that, I'm actually pretty good. The sun was out today, which was amazing, and it's warmed up a tiny bit. I'm hoping that we're finally kind of through the through the end of, of winter. I think we are. I've been sort of peeking ahead at, like, the, the forecasts for the upcoming week, and it's mostly, like, 40s, 50s. There is no more, like... We, we had snow the other day, yeah, and that was bad. Like a few days in a row. It was very, I, very I bad. I did genuinely have the... Because, like, okay, the the sort of... The, the quarantine times started when it was still cold out Yeah, here. Like, you know, like we had some nice days early on, but, like, you know, it was regularly cold at that point. Yeah. Um. And I had this brief, like, just split second moment when I woke up and there was snow on the ground that, like, somehow time had no meaning and I was back at the beginning of the quarantine You had just time. looped on it, yeah. Right, like, all of the, like, the five, six weeks that it has been since the beginning of this was just, like, an illusion and I was, like, back in early March. So no, that was a- uh... No, Split no, no, second, no. like I said. No, you're good. It's um today's April the twentieth. So Matt, actually, happy birthday, mom. Yeah, happy birthday, mom. I mean, I'll call you too, but this show will should come out tomorrow, which would be your birthday. So yeah, uh, right on. So Dave, you know what else is nice on top of our mother's birthday is episode four of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. It is called Smash It, Shibalina's Trap. I think the trap is the thing they're trying to smash. I think those statements are related in that way. Yeah, it's uh-huh. it's, it's, uh, it's a it's a tough sentence to parse or a tough yep, series of sentences to parse. Uh, anyway, but of course, before we get into that, Dave, we have our officially award-winning opening segment, "Shining in the Heavens." Dave, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Matt, first star of the week, as it's been the last couple of weeks, it's isolation update. Isolation Updates. So, Matt, how's your, uh, how's your shelter in place? How's your isolation going, bud? Well, other than the half second where I lost track of time. uh, That's a big one, though. That is big. That's a big, it's, big moment, I feel like. Well, you know, Dave, here's here I think it's sort of emblematic is that mostly it's been okay this week. Um, and then there was that one weird moment. Like, it goes in, like, 
it's at this point it is mostly like plateaued with like these weird peaks of like extreme emotional upset and then back to basically normal Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think that's fair. I actually have pretty big news regarding isolation update. The governor, Governor DeWine, still crushing it, by the way, has announced that schools will not be meeting in session for the remainder of this academic year. And possibly, like, even a limited, uh, a limited in-person attendance at the beginning of next year, kind of depending on how things go. Uh-huh. And so what that means is that I, because of course, like school is only until the end of May. Right. Like, there's and only five weeks of school left anyway, or uh, six weeks of school left anyways. And then there's summer vacation. And so what that means is that I will not be in the school building for six months. That's a long time. It's a very long time. Although I was actually thinking about this earlier. I feel like there are ways in which... Uh, having summer vacation has prepared me a little bit for this. Like, obviously, during summer vacation, normally we can get out a lot more. But I am I am very accustomed to having extended periods of time where, like, I'm just home. Uh-huh. And, like, I don't... And, like, I do have work right now. Like, I'm grading stuff online and all of that. But, uh, obviously, like, the time commitment is just less, like, logically speaking, right? Like... You know, I have planning periods every day and there's like half an hour every day that's just kids going to and from classes. So like when you cut out all of that stuff and then if you cut out the idea that like, you know, I don't have 75 kids in a single classroom. So if I'm giving a lecture, say, I have to give that exact same lecture three times. Normally. Right, you know, but, but like now I just record the lecture and the kids can kind of watch it wherever. So like there are parts of, like I said, I'm still doing my job. Just like there are certain ways in which it's it's actually dramatically more efficient doing it this way. And so I have more time. Are you, when you have. record lectures, are you recording video too or just audio? No, what I normally do is this is really, I, <laughs> I, um, I record short PowerPoint presentations. I was doing full ones and I was able to look at my YouTube analytics and realize that the kids were not watching the whole videos. So now I'm keeping them like five minutes or less, but I do do a, uh, like a PowerPoint presentation. So you can be like reading it and listening to it sort of at the same time. Okay. So that's, that's what I do. So Um, you have, you have sort of turned your classes into a series of webisodes yeah, kind of. With like online work, of course. Sure. And so hopping on that yeah, quibby, and, hopping on that quibby train, Dave. Okay, Matt, I okay, I gotta say, I don't like QB. And Beth told me that that's not how you pronounce the name, and I don't care. Uh, because that's how I feel like it should be pronounced, and I refuse to let them dictate the terms of our engagement. But but Matt, but I did see an advertisement that they did the most dangerous game starring Liam's Hensworth and Christoph Waltz. Really? Yeah. In five yes. minute chunks. Well, it's not a long story. So like I can see where that would in I can see where that would work because even for a short story, the most dangerous game actually is fairly episodic like it would work to break it down into like eight or nine minute 
pieces. And I was I was upset because nothing they've said has made me at all interested. But I was like, oh, Christoph Waltz as the hunter in the most dangerous game, like that actually sounds extremely good. <laughs> so I might see if they have some sort of uh, like free trial. But anyways, yeah, I feel like um, the fact that I have summer vacation has sort of mentally prepared me a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I, I have not had a summer vacation since college. I imagine. Yeah. Um, well, this the summer after college, I can count sort of as a summer vacation because I I like the following academic year. I had a job in a school. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, so like that summer, but that was like a summer abroad. That was like a whole other thing. So I haven't really had like a just like be home for a long time since you know two thousand five six. Dude, it's a it's a as a lot of people are discovering, it's kind of a weird thing. Well, but the other thing is like. Your job is taking less of your time, you said? That is not the case with my job. My job is, if anything, taking more of my time. Like, I actually took a vacation day today to, like, just sit in my apartment and do nothing. Because I realized I hadn't had a day off since, uh, like, since all of this started. Oh, dude. No, that makes a ton of sense. You absolutely should have taken a day off. That was a great call. Um, so like, yeah, like it, on one hand, it is sort of summer vacation-y, but on the other hand, it is like just crushing amounts of work. So, you know, not exactly summer vacation-y. Yeah, no, very different. Um, okay, so Matt, here are my two, <laughs> here are the two funny things that I actually have about Isolation Update. Those first things were just like wild things about my life. Um, okay. Here's the two legitimately humorous things about the Isolation Update. So I, I started working out again. I was just uh-huh. like, dude, I've been meaning to do this. And uh, the twins are kind of finally big enough that, like, they'll leave you alone for, like, enough time to, like, get a workout in. And so um, I said, well, uh, it's like a it's a it's a no no equipment necessary, like body weight thing. But you can add in some weights if you want. And at first I was like, oh, like, I'll get some weights. Um, I didn't I wasn't able to get any. I, I called Dick Sporting Goods and I was like, hey, do you guys have like just like some dumbbells? And they were like, nope. We do not. We are sold out. Like we are sold out of dumbbells. Like and I was sold like, out, back ordered. Yeah. Like I, I, I saw people selling uh, free weights and like kettlebells on Amazon for hundreds of dollars. Yeah, and I was just like, uh huh. Everybody stay in home. Bunch of people trying to work out at home. Here's the other thing I found out is sold out. Matt Blue Yeti mics. <laughs> yeah, podcast mics are on like super back order. Everybody's getting up in this game. Um yeah, I think isolation's starting to get to people. So I think we're about to start to see like a bumper crop of very new podcasts. Matt, what is our I'm telling you what our second update of the week is. Dave, um, what is our second star of the week? Thanks, Matt. So here's our second star of the week. I think I mentioned a little while ago that the twins, my uh my three and a half year old twins, got their own room. Uh-huh. recently and i matt i didn't i've been waiting for it i didn't think this was going to come so soon but it was it was pretty delicious the twins were playing in their room and i walked in and i was like what are you doing and i forget what they were doing but it was something they shouldn't have been doing and i said hey stop it and so they stopped and they said abba that's what they call me dad uh they're like dad this is like, 
you need to like, I forget exactly what they said, but they basically said like, you need to leave. This is our room. And I just felt like the it skies took like three weeks for them. It, yeah, to do it did it. not take long, but I did. I just felt like the skies opened behind me, and like a thousand generations of dads spoke through my mouth, and I was like, <laughs> "You don't have a room. You have a room in my house." Uh, and the moment was a little bit spoiled because they were three. They're only three and a half, and they're like. No, this is our room, though. So, like, they didn't quite get it, uh, but it did feel amazing to say it's it. Sure. That's true. I, I, that's fine. I'm sure you'll have plenty of other opportunities. Yeah, I imagine it'll come up again. Anyways, Matt, what is our third star of the week? Dave, third star of the week is that the Fallout 76 big uh, new DLC thing finally dropped. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. I am... if, is it actually nice is the question. Okay, here's the thing. It's incredibly nice. Uh, the... Sick. Okay. okay, I so haven't played for... that game in months, so. Well, neither had I, honestly. I had sort of, I feel like I had sort of hit a plateau. Like I had kind of done, I had finished the main quest and like, I don't know, I could have continued to wander around, but like the, pro- the, the main complaint about Fallout 76, uh, well, other than like buggy stuff, is that when the game launched, there were no human NPCs in the game. Yeah, I remember it. it, On one hand, it was very lame because it, like, diminished the degree of, um, like, playing in the game. On the other hand, I actually, thematically, it it kind of worked because, like, the world really felt empty. Well, it felt Um, empty. It was a very isolating game experience, which I'll tell you, Recently has not sounded a Yeah, recently not cool. But um, the, the, the new DLC is called Wastelanders, and it is a bunch of people returning to the area. So now it's this big, like, open world area that I've gotten very familiar with and very comfortable in. You know, I know what parts to go to, what parts not to go to, like, what's dangerous, where I can find the best material, like, best supplies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, and now all of a sudden I'm like going places that I have been a hundred times before and there's just like a new house there and in that house is a person and like you can talk to that person and they can, they'll give you a quest and you can and like just like random like wandering uh, merchants will just like walk past my campsite. Dude, I and feel like that would be so extremely wild. weird. It's extremely yeah. weird because like the game has for so long been extremely isolating. And then, like, I myself have been isolated now for, like, you know, what, five, six weeks. Yeah. Um, and so, to all of a sudden have, like, a bunch of other people in my space is, like... Like, un- even, in, even an imaginary digital space. Right. It's really weird. Like, I was very skittish and untrustworthy of, like, people when they first started showing up. No, that I, dude. As you were saying it, like I can feel it being strange. Like you the, know over, what I mean? the overseer has a house. You can go visit her. Whoa, that is very weird. There's like a bar with people in it, and it, it's it's extremely wild. But it also has made it kind of a whole new game. Okay, dig it. Like That's if awesome. you, so here here is a recommendation. If you like Fallout Three and Fallout Four. And uh, you I did. either did not play or tried to play and sort of immediately bounced off of Fallout 76. I'll give it another shot. It is, it really, I think now is finally the game that people wanted it to be when it was new. 
Nice. Hey, uh, if I did, brief aside, if I did log in, would you be able to get me the uh, like a potion for the mutation that lets you jump real, real high? Is that a thing that you could do? Are you like rich in this game now or what? Uh, a, I keep no, just, I like, am not super rich. And B, I don't think those potions exist. No, they definitely do exist. They oh, do totally they? do. Yeah, someone offered to sell me one once. And I've just been like, when I was playing the game, I was just like mutation spamming, trying to get the one that I wanted. Um, it never worked out. Anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, Fallout 76. It's good now. Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? So our first star of the week, Matt, is uh, Thursday nights before this whole shebang-a-bang hit. Uh, I was getting together with some buddies who were playing Starfinder, which I think I mentioned. And we're not doing that now, obviously. And so we were like, what can we do to still sort of like hang out in a way? And so buddy Bill, he's been on the show, uh, has been hosting movie nights, like remote movie nights. And so we've just been watching terrible movies. Um, so we watched a movie called The FP, sort of legendarily bad. We watched the sequel to The FP, which also very bad. But like in a, uh, what are they called? Troa? Troa films? The sort of like vi- trauma, thank you. In a very like trauma sort of way. Like bad, but they sort of knew that they were bad and schlocky. And so that was like fun. This past Thursday, a couple of days ago, we watched a movie called The Miami Connection. And it is the worst movie I've ever seen. Now, the, the Miami Connection is sort of a legendarily bad movie. It is it is legendarily bad. Like, I've uh, never seen Miami Connection, but I'm familiar with it because it is a sort of popular movie topic of bad movie podcasts. It's, I mean, there's a very good reason. It is the... It, it really straddles the line between, like... Like, oh, this movie is bad, but, like, it's so bad, like, you can still have some fun watching it. It really straddles the line between that and, like, being genuinely unwatchable. It's the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, It's about a Taekwondo-themed band called Dragon Sound, and they get into a sort of, like, weird gang fight with a group of bikers by day and ninjas by night who are drug smugglers. And they primarily are in this gang fight because one of the members of Dragon Sound is dating the sister of a dude that sells cocaine with the biker ninjas. And I just want to say, I know you're listening to the sentences that came out of my mouth and thinking to yourself, yeah, that wow, rules. that movie sounds like it rules. No, the movie that you have invented in your head in the last 30 seconds is it's a universe is better than the movie that actually exists. I just want to assure you of that. It's so like you could watch it, I guess. You just need to know it's so bad. It's we've been, it's just really astonishingly terrible. Uh we've also been watching some movies with uh, producer Mark and a few of our uh other college friends we've been yeah. getting together via is this how you're doing with bill are you doing like a discord screen share thing yeah yeah precisely um yeah we've been doing that as well we watched cats the other day cats was so bad the what what i what i it re- was better than the miami connection what i realized about cats the next day and i think i tweeted this um but i don't know if you saw it uh dave is that cats is like professional wrestling if there were no matches 
and it was just entrance music and like people cutting promos on each other and then moving to the next thing without resolving it at all. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the thing I was just uncomfortable with, like the general level of horniness in that movie. Oh, it was high. It was very like those, high. Those cats were just extremely horny cats. Um, it was very uncomfortable. Uh, Dave, you know what is comfortable? Is our fifth star of the week. It's you... so comfortable, Matt. It's so relaxed and like chill and comforting. And uh, in a very like basic primal way, it's just like nice TV cooking stuff and yeah. food stuff. Specifically, I have I had started watching uh, the Bon Appetit YouTube channel sort of right before uh, like shelter in place stuff began. Like before I just stopped going out ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a large back catalog of it. And they're continuing to produce it, even though they are now, like, doing it from their homes, which is fun. Um, but I have just been, like, watching, like, digging into a ton of these uh, Bon Appetit videos. And in particular, last night, I was watching a series of them. I think it's called, like, One of Everything. Okay. Or Everything on the Menu or something like that. Where uh, Alex Delaney, who is, I think, their drinks editor... Um, anyway, he and another person from the test kitchen will go to a New York restaurant, order one of everything on the menu, take one bite okay. of each, and then like the rest of it gets like you know cut up and handed out to the crew and stuff who are also there working, um, and just like go through an entire menu and talk about it. Oh, there is a similar. Uh, there's a channel called the Try Guys, and they do basically that same thing, but they do it with like trash fast food. Okay, there was um there was a podcast called The Doughboys that I think is also a uh, a fast food themed thing. <laughs> um, anyway, but this this uh, everything on the menu show, like I don't know if it's if I think it's really nice because like just in general I like seeing stuff like that, or if in particular I'm just so starved for the idea of eating in restaurants. That watching Dude. it is just like scratching an itch that I cannot otherwise scratch. No, I definitely, definitely get you. Uh, we've been watching a show, a short series. It's from Epicurious. It's called Four Levels. And really it's three levels and then somebody like talks about it. Um, but they pick a dish and they pick like somebody who is a total amateur, somebody who's sort of like a home like a home chefy person, like, oh, I'm not a chef, but I really like to cook, and then an actual professional chef. And they said, like, all right, make nachos or, like, make hot dogs or something. And then they sort of, like, each person goes through how they make the thing. And here's what I'm discovering. The person who's at the very bottom, like the total amateur, is almost always great. Because they're like, I don't know, man, we're making burritos. I'm making a cheesy egg burrito because I like it. And they enjoy making a cheesy egg burrito. The chefs or kind of hit or miss. Uh, sometimes they get like a little too chefy and they're not terribly interesting, but sometimes like they're really great and very interesting. Uh, the people in the middle almost universally suck to watch <laughs> because they're very obviously like, sh- like people who really are like trying to be chefy in their own homes. And so they're just doing like weird stuff you think you were like, why would you do that? And then also, they're the people that are the most like YouTube-y, if that, okay. if that describer makes sense. And I'm like, oh man, 
you're just you're really harshing like the chill mellow vibe of this thing or i'm watching like a chill dude make a burrito and a person who's very good at making burritos make a burrito and, and then you're the neither middle. extremely chill or very good at making burritos so like i'm just not terribly interested <laughs> Anyway, so that's, I guess that's, I mean, honestly, I was going to say that that sort of wraps back into Isolation Update, that we've been spending a lot of time watching these things, but hey, that's that's our life now. Everything is Isolation Update. Hey! Um, except, Dave, for this show that was created well before the isolation began, and today we are watching episode four of it, Smash It, Shibalina's Trap. Its original air date was March 7th, 1997. It was written... By Naruhisa Arakawa. So I think it's the first episode yeah. that is not written by the, the main uh, showrunner for the season. Um, We're going to take a break. We're going to watch it. And we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So, episode four. Dude. Mega Ranger is not letting up. This is an extreme... We keep saying it. So I feel a little dopey keep saying it episode after episode. This is an extremely good episode. Yeah, very good. I was a little worried because, as I said, it was the first episode that um, was not written by the same dude. So I was like, oh, well, maybe it's just that guy. But no, so far... I mean, listen, we are on episode four. So, like, it hasn't had that long of a time to establish a pattern, but... For what it has done, it is very good. Yeah, it's extremely strong. So we open up and we're um, at Moroboshi High School and uh, Kuichiru, or yeah, Kuichiru is walking past um, the bio lab. Da-da-dun, very clear foreshadowing. Uh, and then we go into the lab and we see a teacher, presumably, and she hears like some weird laughter. Hmm, that's strange. D- unusual. And then uh, a hand, just go ahead and, just goes ahead and reaches right out of her computer screen and grabs her in the face. Yes. And she screams. End scene. End scene. Go back to Koichiru, who has reached the uh, digital club. Actually, man, <laughs> man, that reminds me of a story. Um, I was I was on a uh, teleconference call with some of my colleagues, and we were like talking about school stuff. And then the call was wrapping up, and uh, my kids were talking and like yelling in the background. And one of my colleagues, she said, Dave, I'm just going to go ahead and assume those are your kids. And I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are definitely my kids. For the purposes of the story, you need to know that none of the colleagues that are on this call have children. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are definitely my kids. Um, if you, if anybody on this call hears children talking in their house, you need to leave immediately. <laughs> Do not just go. God, quarantine, be darned. You need to leave you're about to, you're going to be haunted. You're getting haunted real bad. Um, so, <laughs> so anyways. Um, so we go from there. Now, the, the conference call that I was on. Right. We cut to the, the, uh, the, the computer lab, which is like the, seems to be there. I mean, they are like the digital, the high school's digital club. And I so get, I guess I this is like their hangout match. room. I, do, I think there's like a sign on the door that says Digital Research Club. I think they have like their own room for this club that has like their own stuff in it. Which sort of like the AV club. Well, you know, like a lot of schools, like the AV club has like their own closet and everything. I get the impression because like no one else is ever in there with them. 
But like there are very obviously like other people at the school, so that's the vibe they get. I don't think it's just like the computer lab. It is a it, that that would be a nice solution for the problem that like they kind of need a headquarters, but their headquarters is in space and they go to high school, and so yes, they need to have a spot difficult. where they can hang out. Like a, they need a spot they can hang out where like people can't overhear them talking about superhero stuff, and also the show needs a set for them to be on. Yes, yeah, it definitely does. Do you remember? Like, do you remember when we were in high school? I can't even remember their names, but there were these two dudes, and they ran like the AV for stuff for our school. And uh, in the early years of the high, we went to a small private school, and we went there kind of like early on. And so there was a lot of like weirdly unsupervised stuff. And these dudes just built themselves like a secret hangout above the AV closet, like in the rafters of the school. And would just kind of like disappear there where they wanted to like chill out. Yeah, it was Aaron and uh, Luke, I think. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that is totally correct. I and did, also, not, I did can, not realize I was going to remember those names until I started talking. <laughs> that is wild. And also I can tell you, as a as a teacher, and especially like a teacher who's involved in theater, if you're in high school and you want to be able to do that sort of thing, like Tech Crew is the group that you want to be in because they do all sorts of weird stuff and like not even the rest of the teachers really quite know what they do. And so they have a lot of freedom to just be like wandering around places where you do not think students should be. <laughs> so if that's your goal, uh, Tech Crew is is where you want to find yourself. See, our we Anyways. had a mu- you and I had a much more low low tech version of uh, creating a room to escape to, we which was did. just during I forget what year it was, but again, our our high school is really small, and so what would happen was like instead of you, there being like multiple gym classes, there was just like high school guys gym class and high school girls gym class. Yeah. But high school guys gym class was during the same period as band. And you and I were both in band. And so you, me, and like three or four other guys, they were like, oh, well, the solution for this is that you will just go to high school girls gym class instead. Because like you need gym credit. Yeah, like you need gym credit. And like you can't have, we can't do like a separate class just for you five. So there is a gym class, you can attend it. But the teacher did not ever remember that we were supposed to be there. Yes. Because like it didn't make sense for us to be there. So like when it wasn't like snowing out or whatever, there was just this one tree outside the school building that had like low, easily climbable branches and And it was like heavily foliaged. So like if you were in the tree, no one would know you were there. Yeah, and it was just like a secret tree. And so instead of going to gym class, we would just clamber up into this tree and sit there and like kind of keep an ear out to like listen for the bell and then climb down out of the tree and walk back into the school building and go on with our day. Yeah, we got and I just want to say that we got, I feel, an excellent education. Um, it was just a very loosey-goosey in many ways, but I think of that as a positive. Yeah. Anyways... You know who's not Lucy Goosey, Matt, is Kuichiru. No. Because they walk into the Digital Research Club, and um, Kuichiru, he says, Guys, I figured it out. We've been extraordinarily, we've been way too chill about this. We need a schedule. 
And so he busts out this chart that he has made. And he says, guys, all we have to do is follow this chart. I've basically laid out a schedule for every waking minute that we have to maximize our uh, performance as Mega Rangers. And he starts like going through the schedule. He's like, you got to get up at 6.15, 6.30, you're doing push-ups. Like 6.50, you got to get to school because you don't want to be late. Oh, Dave, sorry. Before they get to the school, they have to all meet in the park to pick up litter on their oh, yeah. way well, to school. He says, we'll pick up trash on our way through the park. Uh, and then he's kind of going on. Like he's going into more detail about the schedule. As he's doing this, the other rangers, he's entranced. He is not looking at the other rangers. Right, he is he at is this just... point turned around and is just looking at his own poster and reading it, like with a He's huge so smile on his it. face. He, he loves this schedule. The other rangers are behind it, but they're like, dude, we, this, we're not doing this. Like, this is, even the other, even Shun is like, this is crazy. We're not doing this. Shun doesn't um, have time, Dave. His his life is, plast- is planned out with the precision of a computer program. He does not have time for all of Kuichiru's micromanagement. Yeah, and so they all sort of sneak out quietly. So the next thing we get is we're back in the in the biology room, and Kuchu is sort of wandering around, like looking for the other rangers with a very—I don't think he says it, but he's like he's got a very like "come on, guys" look on his face. Yeah, and he he goes and he's like, maybe I was a little hard on them. Like maybe so we should he, only be doing twenty-five push-ups instead of thirty. <laughs> Um, so he wa- he walks past the biology lab and he hops in because he sees the teacher, uh, Miss Nishiyama. Yes, and she is just like standing in a like spookily lit room, like staring into a fish tank full of dead fish, just like blankly staring at it. Yeah, and, and he rolls like, in. He's like, "Hey, um, what what's- up? What's up with those?" What's up with those dead fish, though? How, 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 you, how you doing? She sort of, like, snaps out of her trance, and she's like, oh, Koichiru. Yeah, I don't know. I just sort of wandered over here, and they were all dead. It's kind of wild. Like, um, real crazy. But then, we look down, and we see that her hand is dripping water. And Koichiru's like, oh, okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. I am going to run, but I will catch you later. So he leaves, and he meets up with the rest of the rangers. And he sort of, like, lays this out. He's like, this is very weird. I'm not sure what's going on. But, like, her hand was all wet. And those fish were definitely, like, not in the water and also definitely dead. And Kent is like, come on, man. Like, that teacher, she's very chill. She's very nice. She's also kind of cute. Not appropriate, Kenta. Um, He's like, this is, you're nuts. She is not my teacher, so I can say it. Yeah, she's cute. Um, You can say it. So, anyways... (laughs) Uh, Ko is like, no, I'm telling you guys, I uh, there is there's something going on. Like I don't know what it is, but like she definitely killed these fish, and it's very weird. So Kent is like, listen, if you were this concerned about it, I will go talk to her. And Kuichiru is like, well, if you go talk to her, maybe she's gonna do something to you if you go by yourself. And Kent is like, listen, stop trying to micromanage everything about all of our lives. I'm going to go talk to her. Everything will be fine. Everything will Chill. be fine. So we we go, and it's a man. It's a really quick shot as we are as we are panning over to the bio room. But I am fairly sure that Ms. Nishiyama tosses something in the garbage can, and what I'm pretty sure it is is like a bloody dog collar. Yeah, I had to watch that once or twice to figure out what was happening because you like 
the first shot that you see, like the camera is just pointing inside the trash can and you see the collar land and then it cuts up and you see her. So like my eyes hadn't quite like adjusted to it. So I had to rewind. And yes, that's, that is at least what I have in my notes is that it's a bloody yeah. dog collar. So, so Miss Nishiyama definitely just murdered a dog. Uh, and, 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 uh, Shibalena says like, yes, indulge your twisted soul even more. Like your next kill basically will be like so much bigger and more intense. So, so Kenta rolls in. Oh, yeah, because Shippolina is still, like, talking to her through the computer screen. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. We never actually say. The hand that reaches through is Shibolena's hand. That's, yeah. This is some sort of, like, whacked-out mind control thing. And it's also some whacked-out computer control because, like, the computer monitor will turn to face things in the room so that Shibolina can see what's happening. Um, so Kenta rolls in. And again, uh, Miss uh, Nishiyama, like, snaps out of her trance, and she's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Like, what's going on? What can I do for you? And Kenta, Kenta just gets, like, distracted by her being cute. Like, and either he never had a plan for actually saying anything to her, or he immediately forgot the plan as soon as he entered the room. Yeah, he's like, hey, um, gosh... This is sort of weird. And then uh, she, Shibalena watches him and she's like, and oh, Kenta actually tells her to her face. He's like, oh, you're pretty cute. And she sort of like, like takes his hand and then like grabs his shoulders and like kind of like twists and throws him around on the table. And you can see in Kenta's face that he's like, I'm not sure what's going on. And I'm not, I think it's probably wrong, but also I am fairly into it. Yeah. And then he shifts immediately away from that because she tries to strangle him and then pulls out a scalpel. Yeah. And he like, he can't get her off of him because she has, is like possessed of like supernatural strength at this point. Yeah. Because she has gotten internet cursed. Yeah. Um, so the rest of the Rangers arrive, like they dive in. She sort of like hurls with her like weirdo strength. She like hurls Ko across the room. He gets knocked out. They see Shibalena on the computer screen, and Kenta's like, oh, it's the computer. And he just, like, hucks a stool at it, which breaks the computer and works. Yeah. Uh, and so Miss Nishiyama just, like, faints immediately. Yeah. Um, we cut for it, and we don't see her again for the rest of the episode. Which, frankly, is probably for the best. because she. Yeah, that's cool. She's definitely losing her job. Yeah, well, if nothing else, she's got to process some stuff. <laughs> she's she's going to need a minute. So we go, uh, they get a call from Dr. Kubota. And he says, figured it out. It's the internet. This is a very weird take in my mind for a show that is about, like, the wonders of modern technology. Because Dr. Kubota is like, yup. It's the internet. There's been all sorts of like whacked out crimes recently. And it's all the culprits are all people who are obsessed with the internet. Um, well, okay. So I don't think what he, I don't think that he's saying um, that like just being on the internet is bad. I think that he's saying that being on the internet has exposed them to something that is causing them to do this. Yeah, like, okay, he uses the phrase obsessed with the internet. It's not, yeah, he's like, I think presumably just like, if you're on the internet more, 
you're going to be a, I don't know. The point is, is he's like, this is, this is how this is happening, basically. Like, the internet is the, is the vector by which the Nezere are doing this. We go from there to their weird, like, twisty dimension digi-fortress of the, of the Nezere. And they're like, Hitler, how's it going? And Shibalena is on Earth, and she says, it's going great. This plan is working super-duper well. Everybody's flipping out. I've got Chameleon Nezere here with me. He's taking, he's doing like the camera work. And there's like a weird, he's got kind of like a dragony look more than a chameleon-y look. But he also has like an integrated like video camera. And then he shoots his tongue out and on his tongue is like a uh, 10 pin like it's port. A, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a VGA plug thank you i couldn't remember the name for vga and he like plugs into a computer and then like the video that he's taken with his like shoulder camera is like transmitted through his tongue onto the internet and that is how they're mind controlling people it's extremely good yeah it's, pretty it's also as, like as someone who was using like computers in 1997 just like seeing that style of hardware interaction get turned into, like, a super monster was very hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. I feel like those VGA ports were used for monitors, like, until HD cables. For some, Like, that was one thing that just stuck around forever. Oh, dude, they're still, they're, they're still being used. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like the computer lab, like at the high school that I work at, has is connected with those. That's not that hasn't gone anywhere. Um, so she's like, Why "Yes, is that we the are using one plug that is not changed." I feel like everything else is either a USB. I mean, like like I said, like the, some of them are maybe done with they're HD USB now. now. But... I don't know. Anyway, Shibalena says we're using the internet to spread our Nezere education, which is a weird word to use. Uh, but she's like, chaos and destruction, and we're taking all sorts of evil measures, and we're increasing the kind of general overall evilness of the planet. And they're like, awesome, that is a planet that Lord Jovo- Jovius, Jovo- dang it, man. Javius? Javius? It's Javius. Javius. That is a planet that Lord Javius would like to rule, because it's filled the with first. evil. Please don't forget. Javius the first. Uh, um, okay, so we cut, to the, we cut to the digital club lab, and Shun has like hacked he's like found the ip address of the computer that sent the thing like sent shibalina's thing to miss nisuyama and then somehow uses that to find the physical address of the building where the computer is that is yeah he like he traces its ip address yeah like, down to the that's not actually. I'm listen. I'm not a computer guy, but I I think that is actually a thing that you. Can I think do. that is a thing that you can do. What probably doesn't happen in real life, especially in uh, 1997, is that there's like a display of a map on the screen that zooms in on a building and then zooms in on a room in the building, <laughs> and then the word here starts blinking on the screen. Yeah, I am fairly. I don't think that part happens. Uh, Shun does get in. He just, he can't stop the hate from flowing through him. He says, yeah, it is pretty amazing that I did it. Would have been a lot easier if some idiot hadn't destroyed the original computer. Um, and they're like, like, hey, I was, I was uh, acting Kenji, in the moment. 
<laughs> Ken is like, we gotta go. And they're like, no, like, we should wait for Ko. He's he's still resting. And Kent is like, listen, if we wait for this dude, he's gonna be a real drag. He's gonna try to micromanage everything. Let's just go kick it and we'll like defeat these monsters. He's tired anyways. Like, let's just like let's just roll. And and he kind of manages to convince them all. Yeah. Dave, can, can I ask you a question? You sure can. In the show, do they ever refer to Koichiru as Ko? Or are you just giving him a nickname because you don't feel like saying it every time? Oh, you know what? Um, I have I wrote it in my... No, they don't ever refer to him as Ko. I wrote that in my notes because it's faster because Koichiru is like a lot of letters as if you're trying to take notes. And so, no, I... I that's just because I was reading my notes. Okay, I wanted, I wanted to, A, make sure I hadn't missed anything, and B, make sure I was not just, like, getting confused. Because whenever you, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Whenever yeah, you I will... say co, my mind immediately jumps back five seasons for, like, a right. split second. <laughs> and I think we're talking about the guy from Die Ranger. No, they, they only refer to him as Kuchiru. Um So Kuchiru wakes up, and there's a computer with a note. And it turns out the note is benign. But he does just, like, straight open it up and read it. And I was like, my dude, did you not just deal with, like, a psycho-possessed woman who murdered a dog because she just was, like, on the internet? Maybe please exercise some caution. Right, because they did not write their note down. They, like, programmed it into a slideshow on a laptop that they sat next to his bed. Yeah. uh, (laughs) So... Uh, um, and the note says, like, hey, you get some rest. We'll go take care of this ourselves. We will meet with you later. Yeah. He, he immediately calls them on the communicators. Like, you idiots. Like, all five of us have to be together. Where are you? Like, we were yeah. told earlier that, like, being a Mega Ranger doesn't work nearly as well if we're not at full strength. So, like, you shouldn't have gone up without me. Where did you go? They say, like, right. don't worry about it. We found the building. Uh, we're here now. We're just about to walk into this room that's definitely not a trap. We've tracked them on our computer. It was super easy. Right. And Kuchu's like, there's 100% no way they would have let you track them that easily. This is definitely a trap. And of course, it is. Right. So as soon as they walk into the room, it sort of like dissolves into like a weird digital hellscape. Right. And they are being like attacked by uh, Chameleon Nezre. One thing I will say... Not terribly interesting names this time around. Yeah, so like, far it it's convenient. been, what, like Stingray Nezere, Rhino Nezere, and Chameleon Nezere? Yeah, now the upside of this is that I don't have to write down for the monsters like a short descriptor. Because for Car Ranger, the monster names made no sense. Like, they were just random syllables, what? at least to me. Yeah. Uh, so calling it Chameleon Nezere does help. I feel like Die Ranger was good because all the names of all the monsters were descriptive, but also imaginative. And that really worked. So anyways, uh, they're being attacked by Chameleon Nezere. He's like blasting fire at them. And they're like, oh, this is terrible. And they're all freaking out, which is totally reasonable. Sure. Kuchiru is like, I've got to get there. And so he like runs up on the roof, changes into Mega Black, and uses his satellite powers because that's his that's his thing. He is like the satellite ranger and he does a satellite search and he searches the entirety of Japan in like three seconds and, and pinpoints where all the signals are actually coming from. Yeah. And and the way that he does it is like, okay, this is an abandoned building that has a bunch of like extra phone lines running to and from it. 
So, like, that must be where it's all happening. So he hops on his rocket ship surfboard. And he flies over. Doesn't break in through the window. Crashes in through the roof into the room where Chameleon, Nezare, and Shibalina are standing. Yeah, dude. Um, this is a this is a super strong co couple of moments here. Um, so sorry, Kuchiru. So Kuchiru arrives and he's like, "Mega Ranger will always find you. Like you can't do this." And then there's a sick fight between him and Chameleon Nezare. Um, like there's yeah. a lot of cool camera angles. Like the action is really neat. Like it's well choreographed. They're like jumping around, doing all sorts of stuff. Um, and then Chameleon Nezare does like an arm wiggly. I don't know what it is with these shows. Like anytime somebody turns invisible, they have to do like a little arm wiggle and then they disappear. Well, that's how you turn invisible. Yeah. So um, it's not, it's just invisibility. It's not improved invisibility. It does drop anytime he yeah. takes an offensive action and then he has to like recast it. Now at this point, they are no longer in the building because Chameleon Nezare has thrown Koichiru out the window out of like a third story window into an alleyway. So now they're fighting outside the building. Which is amazing. Also, like, Kuichiru, this just goes to show how much stronger they are when they transform into the Mega Rangers. Because Kuichiru got knocked out by, like, his teacher pushing him into a wall 30 minutes ago. And now he is, like, thrown through a window, dropped three floors onto concrete, and gets up to continue the fight. Yeah, so... Uh, he does manage to like get in enough licks on Camellia Nezare that the um oh no no that doesn't happen yet sorry we flash back to the Rangers there's a lot of fire it's very bad uh, Mega Black goes down and he's like oh no like my friends they're in danger I'll win this fight all by myself if I need to and he gets back up it's a great moment uh, Camellia Nezare is still invisible. And he goes, and he says, I'll use satellite mega vision. And there's like a very cool, like, there's like, um, you can sort of like see a uh, spotlight kind of coming out of his forehead, out of his like visor, I guess. And yeah. he's looking around. And then when he, then he sees Chameleon Nezare and it breaks the illusion spell. And they both stand at each other and they both pull out their, well, Chameleon Nezare just like blasts him, but Mega Black has like a blaster. And they blast each other. There's like a simultaneous explosion. Uh, when that happens, the Rangers are like shifted out of their digital trap. And then we see them. Uh, we see Chameleon Nezare and Mega Black. And they're both just standing there. And then Mega Black collapses. Yeah. And I, I actually, for a moment, I was like, oh, man, that's a shame that he wasn't able to do this. But I really like it because earlier in the episode, he was like, no, we all need to be together. And in this yes. moment, he's like, well, I'm going to continue to fight. I'm going to beat them on my own because the other four aren't here. And like, because I need to. Yeah, because, like, I need to. But then he can't, obviously, because they all need to be together. Because that's the point of this episode. Yeah. um, Dude, it's it's pretty rad. He's still trying to get up. Uh, Chameleon Nezare, like, runs over and just says, I'm going to beat you to death. I am always sl- <laughs> slightly taken aback by, like, the specificity of violence that the monsters in these shows tend to do. And, like, maybe there's something in the translation. I don't know. But, like, I don't ever remember anybody in a children's show when I was watching, when I was a kid, lettering the line, I'm going to beat you to death. Um, no. I, I, but I think American TV was specifically, like, specifically avoided saying stuff from, like that. Yeah. yeah. 
Like they always had to say that like someone was going to get be destroyed. That was a big thing that they would say to like get around saying killed. And especially when like when we were in high school and we would watch like Gundam Wing on Toonami. Like Oh yeah, there was a lot of destroys there, in there. Everyone was there. always getting destroyed. Or like you would see a plane get blown up and someone would just dub in the line like, Oh good, I can see that the pilots escaped and are parachuting away. <laughs> so um but Ko is still fighting. Ko's like he's down. He's pretty much down for the count, but he's still fighting. It's rad. He's about to get coup de grace, and the other Rangers jump in, and they all pull out their new weapons, and it's just like, like hit, 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 hit. Yeah. Uh, Chameleon Nezare is reeling, and then they they all plug their individual weapons into their. They, it, okay, so Kenta says we need to combine our weapons, and I think, oh great, they're going to put all of their weapons into one big gun. That is not what happens. What happens is they each individually... They even use the, fr- they even use the phrase, unite our weapons. Yeah, it's very disappointing. I mean, what they do is actually kind of cool, but it was ultimately disappointing, because it's not what I was hoping for. They yeah. all plug their individual weapons into their blasters. And, like, turn them into, like, rifle things instead. It's kind of cool. It's not as cool as a bunch yeah, of weapons turning cool into one I'm weapon. Still, I'm, I'm still hoping for, like, a big combo shot. Uh, anyways, they, they apologize. Right before this, they're like, dude, we're so sorry. You were right. And Ko's like, no, I'm sorry because, like, I couldn't save everybody. And they're like, dude, no, that's the point. You were right. Like, we need to all five be here. Like, we will. You know, we'll we'll get this. Um, so then they blast him. He falls. He falls, and the ch- <laughs> chameleon Desiree, when he falls, the explosion that triggers is like the timing of it <laughs> was really funny because it it explodes like right as he hits the ground, and so it really just looks like that dude was like loaded up with nitroglycerin. <laughs> um, so, anyways, BBDB shows up and he makes him giant. Um, I still hate BBDB. And then they're like, we should use Galaxy Mega. And I, Kuchiru says that as though, like, there's a different option. Like, right. as though they have another, like, they could do something else to fight this giant chameleon monster. But so, yes, of course, they should summon Galaxy Mega. So again, um, they, they fly into space. They fly all the way up into space. Trans- chameleon Nazare is extraordinarily patient here. He's very kind to wait for them. Because, yeah, this is a, a very long sequence. They fly to space. They transform uh, the mega ship into Galaxy Mega. They experience re-entry. Dude, that re-entry shot, it's like, like I said, I mentioned it last week. He's got this big shield, and he's sort of like charging forward in like a real Jack Kirby pose, and the shield is a heat shield as it's re-entering atmosphere. Um, it's a rad shot. It's a rad shot. I was shot. thinking. Here's, here's the one problem with it, though. The most, po- like, the most devastating attack that they could possibly do is just land, like just go through <laughs> re-entry and land on him. But instead, they land like a few blocks from him and then turn around and punch him. Which is yeah. cool, but like, you could just flatten the dude. You're falling from space. So, uh, I feel like I was thinking about this when I was watching it. I said, you know, this is good TV. Like, this is good. It's good. It's prudent 
to establish like a really long transformation sequence early on in the series so that you've kind of got it to fall back on if you need it later on. Yeah, yeah. Really trying to pad an episode out. So they do. This is the second time this has happened, which is Galaxy Mega lands and he lands with his back to the monster, which is a real flex. Uh, I really dig it. And then Camellia Nezere like runs up on Galaxy Mega and he turns over to like spins and punches him in the face right at the moment. And then uh, what's the move he pulls out? He, it's like a they very They summon cool... the sword. But then yeah. they turn the sword into like an energy whip thing. Yeah, it's like a saber electromagnetic whip. And then they like whip him. And then it turns into like an extending rapier. Like it just like shoots forward and lances him. Uh, and then they just do like their mega side cut. And that's it. So... Again, Galaxy clearly, Mega, strong, strong Megazord. Yeah, we do, like, sometimes early in a season, like, the fights will be sort of, like, up and down. Like, oh, man, good thing we finished this robot just in time because these monsters are really tough. Galaxy Mega is not having that problem. Yeah. He is he is apparently, like, degrees more powerful than uh, all the monsters that he's fighting. So we go from there. Back to Ko, he's up on the roof, he's despondent, the rangers arrive, he's crying. They look over, they're like, dude, what's going on? They walk over, and he's like, guys, I'm so sorry. If I had been more careful, not, like you guys all would have been fine, none of this would have happened, uh, you wouldn't have been in danger, I'm so sorry. And then they're like, dude, like, no. You were right like about... You literally like, saved all of us. You were right about everything, and you saved us all. This was all our fault. So, like, do not even worry about it, my man. And, like, he and Kenta get into an argument because both of them are trying to take the blame. Uh, until eventually, I think it's uh, Chisato breaks him up. Is that right? Yeah, and they're, yeah and, I believe so. And she's like, listen, it's fine. We don't need to argue about this. We just need, like, we're all... like, we just need to be together. Like, that's just, you know, we need to just always be together. And I, I think she means, like, A, in proximity, and to B, sort of, like, in spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And they both agree. They're like, yes, okay, now it's time to always be together. And Kuichiro is like, yes, and to follow my schedule <laughs> from earlier. Remember the thing you all hated? Time to do some push-ups, folks. Uh, and they're like, what? No. And then they're all like, no, come on. Like, let's, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to make him feel better. And then they all do start doing the pushups and Kenta keeps trying to like slip away. And I think it's Miku keeps like pulling him back down to do the pushups. It's very uh, funny. And that's the end of the episode. It is. That is the end of the episode, Matt, but it's not the end of our episode. No, Dave, because first we need to determine where Chameleon Nazare lands in the Creature Royale. Well, I gotta say so far, I feel I think Chameleon Nezare is actually pretty cool. He is the strongest of the ones we've had so far. Um, yeah. Now, I, my, the immediate point of comparison, of course, is Hammer Chameleon. Oh, see, uh, I was thinking Camera Dimension. Uh, well, I mean, he's kind of both. But I don't he, think he's as good as either. No, he's, he's not quite as good as either. So Camera Dimension is spot 149. And... Hammer, Hammer Chameleon is number 21. Hammer Chameleon is a very, very good monster. Yeah, I did not remember he was that high. Uh, he's a very good monster, and he's in a very good episode. 
So um, I think I think um, camera dimension is the spot to start. Yeah. Okay. You said that was number one twenty one. One forty nine, actually. Um, one forty nine. Yeah. So camera dimension is is pretty rad. Um, just above him is BB Koya, the gardener, and ZZ Giri, the guy who super loves kimchi. Oh, that guy did love kimchi. Uh, and then just below camera dimension is the scandal photographer, FF Munchori, who I hated, and then Bara Tarantula, who I didn't love. Um, okay, so he's definitely... He's uh, definitely F- better than FF Munchori. Yeah, he's definitely better than FF Munchori. Um, do we think he's better than camera dimension? I know we've got a lot of like camera-themed things right here. So camera dimension was from Jetman, and he was like a weird... Uh, he was a weird cameraman... And not like a man who was a camera, not a cameraman. And he could like shoot you with a laser and you would get transported into some sort of like photo album thing. Oh, and it was, that's right. Yeah. And this was also the episode where re- everybody's captured and then Ryu, remember, uh, manages to turn his dune buggy into a giant laser. Oh, so So good. that's a very good episode. On the other hand, he does not take weird internet videos that possess people to go into like a murder fugue. So, and he also doesn't have a VGA cable tongue. Yeah. So strong points on both sides. Um, I think I would probably give it to um, camera dimension just on like imaginative uh, character design. Like he looks very, very cool. Whereas, Chameleon Desiree basically looks like a weird chameleon little dragon thing. Um, but he's definitely better than FF Manchori, who is terrible. Yeah, okay. So let's drop him at the new number 150. Now, of course, we've got this weird lump of camera dudes here. And then way at the top, we have the best camera dude at number 16, Media Magician. Well, Media Magician rules. So Media I just, Magician does rule. I think this should be taken as a data point that we do not have an anti-camera bias. Just a lot of these monsters aren't very good, except for Media Magician, who, as I did mention, uh, rules. Yeah. And again, that's number 150 out of 185, I it's think. It's not terrible. It's not a terrible showing. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway, so that then is going to do it for another episode of the spy who loved Mecha Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to check out anything that we're talking about on Twitter, uh, we are on there at supersentaibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. If you'd like to rate and review on there, that would be swell of you. Or just tell a friend. That would be doubly swell of you. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Mega.